Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's June 7th, 2021, and Wrestling Inc. is cooking up a WWE Raw after show. We have the boss man, Raj Geary, the icon, Justin Labar, and I'm the naive optimist, Jack Farmer. Shout out to all the folks in the chat joining us live. While we wait for everyone to settle in and find their seats, fellas, let's chat about some news, if you guys are up for it. Actually, how are you guys doing? Before we get into that, <laughs> I'll say it's gonna take it's gonna take the thousands upon thousands a little bit more time to filter in. Uh, you know. I'm Let's excited. Play, I'm ready to go. Play some <laughs> play some elevator music. You know, Josh can uh, can can do some tricks. It's good. yeah. <laughs> How's your weekend, uh, Justin? Good, good. It's uh, nice and sunny here in Pittsburgh. Summer is here. Uh, I got to. Uh, I guess while we're filtering in, I'll do cheap plug. I got to film, and now we just released uh, my return to a pro wrestling ring. I'll be managing a new up-and-comer. He's actually on AEW programming not long ago, Spencer Slade. He's going to be going up against mm. Big Kaz at a joint promotion that we're doing here with IWC Wrestling and Northeast Wrestling uh, here in uh, the Pittsburgh area on July 9th. Tickets are available. Uh, so Big Kaz, Enzo, Carlito, uh, you can meet Sergeant Slaughter, Lex Luger, all kinds of details. You can go to my Twitter, and I'll, I'll hit you up with those details. But I'll be returning. I've, I've renewed my manager's license. It has been almost 16 months since I have managed somebody. And I had RJ City. I had Wardlow. Now I'm adding Spencer Slade, an All-American, who's now going to overtake the pro wrestling world. Spencer Slade, yeah, someone you definitely need to be uh, following if Justin's managing him. I always say sometimes wrestlers are like stocks. You want to buy early. You want to get in there before they take off, and it sounds like he's about ready to take off. Lots of stars at that show. That's going to be one you don't want to miss, but uh, lucky Spencer Slade getting Justin to manage him. That's going to be a big big boost for that guy. Team Labar. <laughs> And uh, Rosh, how are you doing? Who are doing, you managing? I'm good. I, I, I wasn't. I, it wasn't quite as eventful, but I was. I did have my first vacation with the family, and uh, since the pandemic started this past weekend, went to San Diego uh, for four days, and got back last night, and good to go. But I'm I'm, I'm so far behind on my wrestling. Uh, you know, I had the Bret Hart documentary, which I watched last night, which was just fantastic. Uh, the dark side of the ring with Grizzly Smith, which is just Ooh, it's horrific. That's, that's heavy, but it's true. And, and Jake has talked about a lot of the stories that were in there. Uh, there was a lot of new stuff I didn't know. Uh, Rock and Robin, uh, some of the stuff she talked about was just just horrifying. And uh, yeah, I still got to catch up on Dynamite. I've watched about forty five minutes of it. SmackDown, I still got to catch up on. So it's uh, yeah. Yeah, you miss a weekend or a few days in the wrestling world, and you are behind schedule big time because it there's just so much wrestling content out there right now. Hey, uh, Rush. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. No, Jack, that's, uh, you're exactly right. It, it is at the point yeah. now. There's wrestling every day where if you take a day off, you're playing big catch-up. Uh, question on the Grizzly thing. There was a point where they noted how at one point in the 80s there that Grizzly, Rockin' Robin, Jake, and Sam Houston were all employed by WWE. Was Grizzly a back a road agent? Was he? I think, a- yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think. I, I can't remember if he was ever wrestled for him. At, yeah, I, yeah. I can't recall. I'd have to double check that. But I, I do believe he was working behind the scenes there. Yeah. That's such a funny thing, Sam Houston being a, a wrestler. That was something I didn't know about. But I look at him totally different now. It's funny, like uh, considering all the problems he's had, he. Looks pretty good now. He looks like a country music star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the, the hair and the beard. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, he looks kind of, he kind of stands out more than he did back in the day. Yeah. I wonder, uh, yeah, how the world could have been different had uh, that been something where he, he had stayed doing that instead of going into acting. But um, uh, Jack's in the chat already coming in, says the Mickey Mouse Club house is better than that ending or the crap in general with this. And I love bliss, but WTF. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat about oh, that. Yes. I mean, I would, I mean, I mean, I would pay to see Alexa bliss do the hot dog dance, <laughs> which is the ending of the Mickey Mouse clubhouse, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they all sing the hot dog dance. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Roger's kids are uh, too old for this now. Jack, Jack I yeah. don't know if you have kids. No, no, I don't have kids. So I don't, uh, I didn't know the hot dog dance, but, uh, I guess I'll check it out. I don't know. No. Uh, it's, it's sung by, they might be giants. Right? Oh, really? I do, I do dog, know they dog, might hot diggity dog. I do know they might be giants. Um, but uh, let's speaking of they might be giants. We had a giant move in the wrestling industry. I want to chat with you guys. Andrade making his way to AEW. Uh, then he came out this week on AEW Dynamite. Now uh, the news is circulating that he met with Tony Khan the week he was released because he didn't have a non compete. Uh, but they were doing negotiations. They stalled because he wanted that Hulk Hogan veto power and creative control. Uh, apparently, there's been some compromise somewhere in there, and he debuted this week on Dynamite. Uh, first and foremost, that contract. Raj, do you have any details on that contract other than that or the deal that he has with AEW? Yeah, so we broke that story, and I actually I actually went and I updated it because the one thing uh, that was incorrect was that uh, Andrade – their compromise may, may have involved some creative control. Andrade actually has no creative control right now with his deal with AEW. But yes, that was the original uh, conflict was, you know, Andrade wanted certain things. You know, Tony wasn't. He, so no one in AEW has creative control in their contracts. And so Andrade wanted that. Tony, you know, wasn't budging for that. Andrade was talking to other promotions, Impact, ROH. And then, you know, finally this week, uh, they went forward with the deal. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, Andrade is a super talent. He's a super talented dude. Um, he, he was kind of a, at, at, towards the end, he was kind of a prelim guy, though, in WWE. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not prelim, but, you know, he was kind of what Humberto Carrillo is now. Like, he doesn't really win that much, uh, loses a lot. Or, or Ricochet. So, you know, I, I just think at some point you want to be careful where they were in the card in WWE and bringing him as a big star as opposed to maybe building him up from the ground up a little bit when if they weren't a big star before. I don't know. Yeah, you can definitely see the way he was used at the tail end there in WWE. You can definitely see why he wanted some creative control and why he wanted to have some veto power there. Uh, Justin, I wanted to ask you, did you see Dynamite? And if you did, how did you like the way they debuted him and brought him out? Uh, I saw it. Um, you know, I don't know if I love it. I mean, you know, having Vicky Guerrero, who, who you know, Vicky, uh, you know, not, this is not Vicky's a great person, and I think she, you know she she did really well getting heat uh, at, at the peak of her time with WWE. I, I'm not sure. I'm I'm gonna wait and see how I feel of how of Vicky introducing him and you know the excuse me heat to get to get him out there. I, I'll, I'll wait and see. I mean, I think he does need a manager. I think that's the kind of obvious. I mean, he he's he's a look and he's he's the total package. When the bell rings, I still think uh, you know the strength of his 
promos in English, maybe you know that that's still to come. I'm really divided with him. I, I think that you know, good on him to ask for the creative control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you know you have every, if you know you're going to have all the major players, AEW, ROH, Impact, I'm sure Mexico, everybody's everybody's at least inquiring. Hey, what's it going to take to get you? You know, might as well ask for that by one of them. And see who gives that, and then okay, okay, well they're gonna give me creative control, maybe not as much money. I mean, you start to weigh. It's just a natural good business negotiation that he at least asked for it. Uh, I'm not surprised he didn't get it, and smart by Tony Khan not to give it to him. I think let's learn from wrestling past. Yeah. Let's yeah. your creative control gets gets us down a deep and dark hole. Um, I don't know, you know, if AEW is looking to expand globally on some timeline again, having a guy like Andrade who's made a name in Mexico, obviously his you know, first language is Spanish. Um, that could come into a lot of play, but I also wonder on the other side of it, you know, Andrade is gone, and then not long after we get the surprising release of what we got last week. You have Braun Strowman is gone now from WWE. Alistair Black, Santana Garrett, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy. You know, all of a sudden, you know, and you, you you just brought Mark Henry, Big Show, Christian. All of a sudden, if you're Tony Khan, you're going, okay, you looked at what you just agreed to with commitments of money here, there, and there, and now you see this whole other surprising batch of talent that is, in some cases globally known mm-hmm. are, are you like hmm like i don't know I, I, you know like is is, is andrade going to be the better investment versus getting a recognizable braun Strowman who's just in a wrestlemania match against a shane mcmahon you know what i mean like i, I this the, the timing of all this stuff is just crazy and, and kind of unprecedented even back to the monday night wars the timing because WWE didn't do releases like this like they did the monday night wars yeah, and he I'll say this, Andrade, when he came out there, he just looked like a superstar. Like, you know, in the suit and everything, the way he carried himself. I thought I, I thought he looked great. I, I agree. I feel like Vicky, I don't know, it kind of takes away some of the seriousness of it a little bit when she's doing the excuse me and all that. But, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Justin. We, we got to wait and see. But um, I think his style and everything, it should fit in really well. So Yeah, I, I don't want to be a short-sighted just to say, uh, oh, they're gonna try to like Vicky's introducing him. They're gonna try to make Andrade like, like I don't, I don't want to say it's like this is like a like an Eddie. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. It just it, it was it was an interesting choice. But he did look good. Just him isolate mm-hmm. that. He did look good. I like the El, the, the uh, Andrade the idol. I like that. Um, so yeah, I'll wait and see how how this plays out. But um, but good for him. I'm glad he's at AEW. I think that's gonna be the best platform for him in in the states at least. Hey, were you surprised by his reaction? It didn't seem that. It, it didn't seem that loud. Like when he first came out, it did, and then it it just was kind of. Eh. I think the fact that everybody knows he's not with WWE, I, I you know, it was a big deal to see. You know, it was a big deal when they announced Big Show, Paul White. It was a big deal when Christian, you know, even Mark Henry, because you you hadn't there was no identifier that they were no longer under the WWE family. But like we like Andrade had a very loud kind of departure. He also called out Kenny Omega in a video, uh, I think, for the AAA title uh, a while yeah. back. So they Reagan. were kind of tied already, I think. Maybe not like officially, but we knew I, at least we knew he was looking their way in any way. Um, I thought he came out looking like a million bucks. I thought he looked great. I agree. I thought he looked like a superstar. I'm a huge fan of him. I don't remember his last bad match. I, I like good matches, but I don't remember his last bad match. Um my thing is I wonder, and this is a TK issue, something he's going to have to think about, is if you're one of the guys on the roster that's been there since day one and you see these guys getting all these great spots, at what point do people go, dude, I've been here since the beginning. When's it my shot? Uh, that's got to get old at some point, especially as more people become available. Yeah. Yeah. But- yeah. 
And, and, and Omega is facing Andrade at Triple Mania, Triple A, Triple Mania in uh, in August on August fourteenth. So. And Jack, you're right. If you go back, you go back to January of. Um... Would have been 2018. I can't remember the year. Yeah. One, but the the with the January where they did the big press conference at Jacksonville, the, the 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 one where Jericho walked out, and you know we we kind of saw who the the foundation of talents they were going to build this AEW around, and then they you know announced Dynamite later in the year. You know, like you, you think about like a Joey Janela, and I'm not saying I, I'm not saying it's not it's wrong, but like a Joey Janela was somebody who was like part of that. He was one you know a you know, big name from the Indies. You know, had his has fame for his reasons. Um, one of the opening names AEW announces, and you know, yeah, he he's exactly the kind of guy Jack you're speaking of. It's like, you know, he's he's been bumped aside. We've we've, we've got a whole lot of other new players, uh, and 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 I agree with them, rightfully so. Are more have I think are more, you know, more of a draw and more versatile than Joey Janela. But yeah, you're right. That's a situation starting to happen, and you don't hear anything bad about AEW. You know, everybody's a all positive PR, but like. As contracts come up and people leave and people don't get the booking they thought they were going to get, that's when we're going to start to get the shoot interviews about AEW of like, oh, well, so-and-so, you know, and, you know, all the negative is on WWE, all the positive on AEW. AEW is doing a lot of things right and to their credit, or a lot of things that are favorable to their credit. But, you know, as people start leaving and have a little bit of a gripe, we'll start to get other sides of stories. Yeah, it will be definitely interesting to see, especially as those uh, first round of contracts all start coming up. There was going to be a bunch coming up um, because, what was it, 20, 28, was it 2018? I think a lot of them had three-year yeah. deals. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot, of, I mean, I'd imagine just assuming that's kind of about how long these contracts typically are, right? So... I was yeah, it was actually thinking, 2019 when they started. So it'd be up basically this January is when a bunch of people signed uh, uh, three-year deals. Like Scorpio Sky, I know, is one. Uh, there's a lot of Jericho. Jericho. Uh, so there's a lot of contracts that are going to be coming up at the, the beginning of 2022. Yeah, so we might see a little uh, a superstar shakeup of, uh, of its own over at AEW coming up soon. Uh, speaking of, of shakeups... Uh, the WWE draft is returning in August, apparently. Uh, currently, it's being reported that WWE plans to hold night one of the draft on Monday, August 30th, and night two on Friday, September 3rd on SmackDown. Uh, Justin, I want to start with you. Raw feels like it definitely needs something to sh- uh, shake it up, change it up. Do you think a draft is something that will help it? Um, I give a little bit more hope to this draft. Then and look, they've done many drafts in the years that we can't even keep track of them, and then they they usually render to be pretty pointless within a few weeks. But I will say that this timing is appropriate because obviously right now the build is to you know obviously you're, you're building to get back to fans next month, and then the, the real build is to SummerSlam. SummerSlam is going to happen. You're going to have well, I guess it'll be two nights after SummerSlam when you get to Monday for Raw. It's going to feel like a mania weekend. That's going to be a that's going to feel like the raw after mania. There's going to be surprises, there's going to be returns, there's going to be, you know, so they'll do whatever there. And then that following week is then the the draft that you just mentioned. And I think that's a good timing because at that point now, you are going to need to say, okay, we're back in front of fans, we have this, we have this. You're going to need to reshuffle and reorganize and try to try to balance it out again. So it's the right time to do it. Um whether or not it's successful, I mean, but it's it is the right time. Do it. Give yourself a storyline reason to 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 arbitrarily move these ten people over to here and these ten people over to here, and then never mind NXT Raj up to here. 
that's the right time. And make it exciting, man. You watch those old draft shows, and they were there. You know, the you had the GMs of Raw and SmackDown that were competing for the other, you know, different talents and, and wanting certain guys. And now they just, you know, it's a, just a graphic. So and so is going to Raw, and, and they had the the cheesy thing with the SmackDown, you know, when they had the, <laughs> the robot in the room and all that. Right. I wish they would just go back, watch some of those old draft episodes yeah. and bring some of those elements back of that. The, the two sides really battling out to get the, the best talent. Well, and especially with the fact that we see Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville are right. just randomly now they, they speak for the office for both shows. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I always feel like they, they the draft is always like a real missed opportunity, especially when you look at like football drafts and how there's build up to it and there's people analyzing different uh, players. And you could have wrestlers like a ricochet saying, look, I'm going to come out and have a match every week because I want to raise my draft value. And you can have people be billed as number one drafts or fighting for these things. And when someone loses a match, you can say that's going to hurt his draft stock and make it a big deal without really having to change anything. But you just make it seem important where they really just kind of go oh yeah by the way it's going to happen next week to Raj's point and then a draft or a, a graphic pops up and i think this is a perfect way to make things that are typically pointless seem valuable by just acting like the just present it as a big deal that's all you got to do yeah yeah uh, francisco uh, fagliano mentioning they need to do matches for draft picks again just something like, um so, uh, la flame bringing up the i still remember cena being drafted to smackdown then back to raw <laughs> they did do some cool stuff back then. Remember yeah. when? Remember when they broke up? Was it they broke up Jr. and King? And it was like they—they they, it was like a shoot. They didn't even tell them that. Right. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's one well, of those things they can make so valuable. But well, uh, when Batista and Cena were the the world champions of the two brands, they legit didn't know that they were going to be switching either. And Batista right. wasn't happy about it, having to go to SmackDown. Well, and that's and speaking of that's something they could build up to like SummerSlam. Like, hey, if you have the championship, it keeps you safe from the draft or whatever. So that's a new added layer or whatever wrinkle to that whole situation. Uh, again, without having to actually do anything, just say it that it's an important thing and people will treat it like it's important. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of important, we have ratings news, and that's what everyone thinks is really important these days. So I want to talk about AEW Dynamite and WWE SmackDown ratings. SmackDown drew its second lowest rating since moving to Fox with 1.883 million viewers. That's a .50 in the key demo for those keeping track. And AEW dropped to the lowest rating in the show's history with 462,000 viewers and a .19 in the key demo mark. Um, Raj, do you have any uh, key takeaways from, from the ratings here? Or is this just kind of a fluke situation or... Maybe something that AEW needs to look at, SmackDown needs to look at. Uh, for SmackDown, it's, you know, in the demo, it did a 0.5, which is what it did last week. It's kind of what it's been, obviously, with both shows, with the weather and everything opening back up. You're seeing more of an effect, you know, <laughs> on these Friday night numbers um, than you did before. And, you know, I think SmackDown... Once these and, and AEW for sure, uh, once these NBA playoffs are done and everyone's back to their regular schedule and they have crowds back starting next month, I think all the shows are going to see an increase uh, in, in July. You know, once that happens, but this month is just going to be brutal. AEW, I think, really needs to if if they're t if they're married to Friday night and and there's no wiggle room, that's the night that they have to pick. Um, maybe it's better to do it 
head to head with SmackDown as opposed to at 10 p.m. because that 10 p.m. time slots, you know, is a killer. I mean, 462,000 viewers, I think that's probably lower than anyone expected them to do, even against the NBA. And, you know, SmackDown was the against the NBA too this week, and they were only down 2%. So I think they're just not getting the crossover audience for SmackDown yet. And obviously that could change if they run commercials during SmackDown, you know, once once the deal is done, things like that. But who knows? Maybe it won't. So I, I think that's the one thing is just for with Rampage. Dynamite's going to be fine once they're back to their Wednesday uh, time slot. Yeah, speaking of Dynamite, Justin, I want to get your opinion on uh, how they've promoted this. I feel like, like I watched Dynamite pretty closely. I don't feel like they really promote the fact that the show is on a different time each week. Like I don't really see it on social media being posted. I, they, they mentioned it a few times on the show, but do you think maybe they're shooting themselves in the foot, not talking about it more on the show and driving it home that, hey, different time slot? Do you think people are getting lost? I do think they could do more to promote the fact. It's not like it's just a, for one week. I mean, it's like five weeks straight that they're on a that they're that they're preempt the you know, other move. So yeah, I do think it's a lack of. Um, yeah, I think they could do more. Uh, and to Raj's point, I actually agree. I think you know, I mean, yeah, things are opening up. The weather's warmer. We we just came off of Memorial Day holiday weekend. So uh, and but and just let's be frank, both SmackDown and Dynamite, those weren't the best SmackDowns and Dynamites, just with what we got substance wise. So I'm not necessarily surprised to see that those low numbers. But I agree with Raj. Look, if you, if 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 if, these, if this is telling you that Friday night at 10 p.m., you know you're going to be good for about you know half a million at best for viewership. Go ahead, shoot that shot. Go head to head with SmackDown. I I don't think that. I don't think that it, it, you would do too much worse off in a half a million. It maybe maybe and maybe you do better because it would be earlier. And again, you're you know there, there, that would be a huge. I mean that would be a huge headline across wrestling Inc. and they would do big traffic that AEW is going head to head with WWE. No, it's not a Monday night show. Uh, you know, but it's it's the it's but that would be a big deal. And uh, if if Rampage is going to be as must see as the AEW camp is trying to tout it as, and not just let it fall into being a b show you know not let it be just a dark or uh you know with anything like that if it's going to be storyline driven here's our biggest stars here's our world champion potentially go head to head again i don't what's the worst that's going to happen and and also dave belzer he had some uh, some figures at least from these first two weeks of how much crossover there is between the two shows and this is just people watching one minute of each show so the number of people who watch at least one minute of smackdown 15% 15% of those watch one minute of AEW Dynamite, which isn't that many. So it's kind of a small percentage of that SmackDown audience that you're getting. The week before is 13%. So I don't know if it's worth it to try to wait around for that SmackDown audience. So we'll have to see. I think that late on a Friday night is just tough. I yeah. think people make plans. I think people want to do stuff. And I think even if they're just staying home, they put in a movie or something at that point. Uh, as opposed to watching a live wrestling event. It's too easy to DVR, I think, at that point, or record or however people are doing it. Um, Not strong ratings, but uh, you know what is strong? Our sponsor, StrongVPN. So what is StrongVPN? StrongVPN is a virtual private network, hence VPN in the name. VPNs help you safely browse the Internet, whether you're watching a Twitch stream, gaming, or spending too much time on social media, 
With StrongVPN, your connection is encrypted, and that's important because it means that no one else can spy on what you're doing. You can use StrongVPN on your computers, tablets, phones. You can even install it on your router to protect every device in your household. And the best news, StrongVPN uses the latest generation VPN technology called WireGuard, which means it doesn't slow down your connection like other VPNs. For listeners of this show, StrongVPN is offering an incredible 65% off. So that's just $350 for the first month or $27.99 for the year. Here's everything you get with StrongVPN. Apps for iOS, Android, Mac OS, Windows, and more. Access to 950-plus VPN servers, none of which log your information. More than 59,000 anonymous IP addresses protecting your personal privacy. So go to strongvpn.com slash INC and claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at just $350 a month or $27.99 a year. Again, get started with this limited time offer and save 65% off monthly and annual subscriptions. Visit strongvpn.com slash INC. Once again, that's strongvpn.com slash INC to save 65%. Raj, I know you're a big fan of StrongVPN. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, especially right now, I'm, for me, it, it helps a lot with work and, and uh, things like that. But for people who, uh, I mean, uh, protecting your personal data and your privacy is more, you know, more important now than ever. And it's so easy. You see freaking meat factories getting hacked and pipelines. I yeah. mean, it's uh, it's just a, a, such a great layer of protection to add to what you already have. So um, it's it's a great product. So definitely try it out. It, you know, like you, you mentioned, it's only three dollars and fifty cents for the first month. Ah, that's that's nothing. And so it's definitely something you should check out, Raj. Like you said, I mean, even major companies are getting hacked into. So having something to protect yourself just makes sense. Um, but let's get to the show. This is what the people are here for. And by the people, I mean the amazing folks watching live in the chat or watching later on Wrestling Inc. or listening to the show wherever you can get your podcasts. While you're here, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment and share with your friends because we'd really appreciate it. Also... For all of you folks watching live, let us know what you're thinking in the live chat. If you use the super chat feature, we'll read your comment on air and let you know what our thoughts on it. So it's kind of like being on the podcast yourself. So be sure to try out the super chat while you're here. Let's get into it. Let's do this thing. Let's start WWE I Raw. People, I want people to tweet us and tell us how do they listen. Are they listening to oh. the audio on their way to work or school? Are they watching live, or do like they save it for like something to like entertain them the next morning? Like, tweet us and let us know. Like, how do you consume this? How, how are we helping you? <laughs> That's actually a great help point. us help you. Yeah, hit at Wrestling Inc. on Twitter or any of the social media apps you use. Let us know, and uh, or leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube, or leave a five star review and let us know in the comments of the five star review. That'd be really great as yeah, well. Or on Facebook and Twitch too. You could leave comments on there. Anywhere you get your content, we're there. Leave a comment there. It's perfect. So I thought this Raw was good. I liked it. I mean, I always say I liked it, but this one felt a little different. We started the show with a tag team battle royal, and it's different than the typical opening promo from the world title department, and it showcased and set up a few rivalries in the tag team division, plus 
I love Battle Royals. And the opening intro I thought was great. Raj, a lot of teams are getting time on the mic in this and uh, kind of stepping in the right direction and starting to build a tag team division, I thought. Do you think this is something good for the division or is this kind of a one-off and these teams will disappear into the ether after this? Uh, to your point, I liked it in, in that it was different. It didn't make sense to me why um, Lince Dorado was in there. Were they, were they saying like Grand Metalik will be cleared by the time they'd be able to get a title shot? Or um, yeah, the yes. same as John Morrison? They didn't say that. That they just AJ just acknowledged to Lince, "Oh, you're so brave being in there because your partner's hurt." But yeah, it was kind of odd that like. <laughs> I, I, if you I can't think... if you can't compete, then why are you in the well? Sp- especially when like it's a tag team battle royal, so your every other team gets two chances to win. If if one partner right. is out, you know, like say, like <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure. I, I think if because uh, they only have four healthy teams right now, and if it was just four, you would just call it a four way, not a battle royal. So you needed to add in a couple extras to make it feel like about a royal instead of just a four-way it was my thought <laughs> yeah i mean i guess but it just didn't make much sense i, I thought the promo it, the promo stuff took a little long uh to get to uh the match but to your to your point and you know what you said about the show earlier i did think this show had less repetition as you know some of the previous shows i mean there are there were matches tonight that were you know uh, takeoffs of the matches that they've been doing the past couple of weeks. But for the most part, we had some fresh matches, a lot of fresh matches this week, which uh, is kind of rare right now. And outside of the closing segment, I thought uh, it was a good show. And I thought this uh, opening battle Royal, I like that Randy Orton and Matt Riddle didn't win it yet. I feel like you save that for SummerSlam, something bigger. You don't do that yet. Viking Raiders this month, there's going to be a lot of just treading water, you know, and just kind of, putting together feuds that aren't really going to go anywhere for long, but just to, to fill time and Viking Raiders just, I mean, if they fit the bill as well as anyone else. Yeah, this was one of the most uh, actually entertaining opening uh, segments that we've had in a while. You know, I mean, AJ Styles is basically hosting a roast going around <laughs> each of the teams. Um, Miz and Morrison come out and, Miz is in the wheelchair and Morrison lets go of it and he starts going on the ramp and it's in the slow motion. I mean, I that like, was I, funny. I like, loved I, it. Yeah, yeah, like I actually popped, like <laughs> I actually made noise in, in the room I was watching and like Raw made me pop. Like that, which I can't say that too often. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So I thought this was a and and, and and uh extending what Raj said, yeah. I was glad like I love Riddle and Orton, and we'll talk about them more. And, I, and I've been with them since the first week, but it's still too early. We know that's SummerSlam. That is SummerSlam. Riddle Orton challenging for the tag titles. I don't. I don't think they've broken up by that point and are facing each other. I think you can get it to where they're challenging for the tag titles by then, and you're going to get a huge pop of the crowd. I think you're going to have the whole crowd doing this. I mean, there's so much potential. We'll get to it. But so it was good. Yeah, I, let, uh... let, let them have their journey and problems of getting on the same page. Viking Raiders, they're not going to win. They're not going to be that almost and and AJ, but but a, an easy excuse just to get them FaceTime because well, why not? They are a tag team. You have so a good one too. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Craig Newline in the chat says, "Bros, it's four thirty a.m. I am tired." Yeah, that's that's very early. That's not late anymore. That's early. And uh, Krana Shaw says, "You guys buying RK Bro merch? Pre-order WWE shop." Uh, 
yeah, I thought that was a fun little bit that they did during the opening where Riddle was saying, I have two shirts because Randy doesn't wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I said on here weeks ago, because I've been all about the RK Bro, that if they had a shirt and make one, I'll get it. I'm going to get the shirt to live up, live up to my <laughs> I want to be one $25 purchase to help be on that that chart and graph that, that Vince in the boardroom gets, and they go, well, damn it, people are buying the shirt. We gotta keep it going. I wanna I wanna contribute to that. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I thought there was a um a lot of stuff to happen that happened in there. I thought it was a fun match overall. Even the uh the Lince Dorado and um Morrison little bit at the very beginning, their little uh exchange I thought was really fun. And uh just I don't know, all sorts of fun stuff. But as mentioned, Viking Raiders, they get the win. Uh they it's like it's weird because they're gone they're off tv they come back they're right back in the tag team title picture and uh they have a little promo after the match with aj and omos later and uh aj kind of calls them out and says they're not actually vikings and uh it makes me wonder raj do you think there's any chance that we get the old nxt style raiders and not the bowling champion viking raiders that we've been getting do you think we get like the meaner version soon I don't see that just because Vince seems like he likes this version, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Vince doesn't seem like he likes that style anymore. I don't know. I, I, I don't see that. I, th- I think they're staying as is. Yeah, Justin, do you think they have any chance at all at Hell in the Cell? No. No. <laughs> they did. Ma- you know, Ma- Mason T-Bar were in this and they did kind of protect them a little bit, too. They they uh, they made them look pretty strong as well. well this. And, and, and AJ's roast as he went around, you know, Mason T-Bar, <laughs> he was like, well, we don't really know anything about you guys. And, and but when they got to the Viking Raiders, AJ was like, you guys, we can make money with you guys. Something to the effect of like, we can make yeah. money with you guys around the world. Yeah, like, it was great and paid. Yeah, it was really interesting that that, that you know. You know, he didn't really lay into anybody else. Like, you know, he he, he kind of gave them a pass. Uh, and then they end up winning. So I thought that was interesting. But no, they're not going to. There's no chance. There's, yeah. Mike, yeah. Michael DeBiris uh, pointing out that Riddle popped Randy. He saw that he had to cover <laughs> his mouth from laughing. <laughs> That's, That's why, what's fun. That's why he this. has the goatee is so he can like act like he's stroking it while, <laughs> instead of uh, laughing. That's just, that's why he grew that out. Uh, and then Bailey's maniacal laugh says, I would get the RK bro to you, but it's so damn kitty looking. Ah, just go for it. It's fun. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I'm, I think they'll have a fun match. Uh, Omos, by the way, his voice is so deep. I feel like you don't hear it. You just feel it in your chest when he talks. Um, but I, I think they'll have a fun match. I think that was a, I agree with what you guys are saying. I like that it's saving the other guys uh, before their matches so we can get the bigger matches down the road at SummerSlam. Uh, but some other things broke off from this as well. We got uh, Kofi Kingston versus Matt Riddle later in the night. Uh and uh, before the match, there was a promo where Matt Riddle was really pushing Burger King hard. And I think Burger King's cool, but personally, I like to eat a little more healthy. Uh, and uh, something that's healthy and just about as convenient as the fast food is HelloFresh, especially on these long Monday nights. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes Delivered straight to your door, you can skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I say it's convenient as fast food because HelloFresh's quick and easy meals typically only take 
15 to 20 minutes and they have dinner and breakfast on the go options and they come at a great value, like 28% cheaper than the grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal without sacrificing all the quality. And as I mentioned, I personally love these on Monday nights where I'm watching Raw for three hours and then doing the show right after. It's nice to be able to put something together that tastes great and fills me up without weighing me down with something greasy. And for the record, I've used prepared meal kits in the past, and frankly, they're not that good. But I will say that HelloFresh is just a chef's kiss. It's delicious. Lucky for all of you, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash INC12 and use code INC12 for 12 free meals, including the free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash INC12 and the code INC12 for 12 free meals, including the free shipping. That's an insane deal. You get it free. Give it a try and find out why it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, I honestly love this stuff. I've gotten it. Like I said, it makes it super easy to eat healthy, eat good. Um, I think, uh, you know, Raj, I think you've tried that too. I don't know, Justin, I don't know if you've tried it yet, but uh, I think we were both trying it. I've had it a ton of times. Yeah, I've, I've been, after we got the, the you know, the, the free trial uh we, we stuck with it so we get it all the time um yeah. I, we just i just had this this meatball dish recently uh their burger uh it had like these red pickled onions and it, it was just delicious with uh, baked fries it was i mean it's so good everything there's not been one thing i've had where i'm like i, I want to not get this one again everything yeah. has been delicious and it's been great no they are great i, I started my wife and i both started just wanted to eat cleaner back in january typical new year's kind of yeah turn the new year and and we and we did not do HelloFresh off the bat we tried some other ones and weren't loving it and we actually because of this podcast we we actually switched over and said let's try and like raj said the i don't in the past i had like i can't get this one again i can't no everything's been a winner and you're right it's like they're filling they taste good it's not like it's torture but you know they're what your body needs. They're they're clean. They're not. It's not giving you the the, the junk. So it's yeah, absolutely healthy I, and I, tasty. Yeah, I really yeah. I can definitely encourage people to try this one. And I will confess, I am a terrible cook. I'm like the worst cook in the world. But it walks me right through it, so it always comes out good. So um, definitely try it out if you haven't yet. Do yourself a favor. Uh, but let's get back to the show. Uh, we also had another promo with MVP and Kofi before this match. Uh, and I thought they had an amazing back and forth with MVP and Kofi. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I want Lashley versus Kofi now or if I want Hurt Business 2.0. Uh, but Justin, I want to hear your thoughts on this back and forth between Kofi and MVP before the match later in the night. It was intriguing. Uh, but I, I don't think... No, I... WWE's gone this long, which is an eternity in this day and age. I don't think we're breaking up New Day. I mean, New Day obviously now is is Kofi and Xavier. Uh, I don't think we're breaking that up. I, I just, I, I just, I just don't. It, it, for nothing else, because we saw the versatility later in the Kofi Riddle one on one match, the New Day at the drop of a hat can be the most over babyface gimmick, and at the drop of the hat they can do heel shenanigans, you know, with their gimmick, with their, with their musical instruments and like mm-hmm. so I, I just I, I this was a good interaction again to the point of this whole show this was a little bit fresh we, we saw some new pairings and new sightings but i i would be really shocked if there's creative plans to uh turn kofi heel 
I'd like to see it. I thought Kofi was great in this promo. Um, there was they, they mixed a lot of reality in. You know, MVP talking about how he was in for Kofi Mania. There is that famous video of him and Shad Gaspard uh, when they when they saw Kofi win and and they broke down into tears and you know they were super proud of that. I, I thought Kofi with this promo just really nailed it. I thought last week he did too, and again he was being more serious. You know, we were so used to him doing comedy all the time that I feel like it, it would be good to. I'd like to see him go break off with MVP and, you know, do something different and and just have a, a change in his character. Because the New Day, gosh, when did they start? It's like 20... November. Uh, November of... I was going to say November 2014. 2014. That was one of the first vignettes. Like the, the vignettes with them with the, the, the gospel choir. And right. Everybody was saying it's a new nation or something. So we're, yeah. we're that's coming up on seven years, and and think about it. That's almost every week. That's together. an eternity. That's an eternity. Yeah. The British Bulldogs, you know, you kind of think I, of them together forever, and they were only in the WWF for like four years, and the Hart Foundation, and all these the Rockers, you know, they were like three four years. Uh, Demolition, same thing. So it, as far and and you only saw them once a month, or you know, not near as often. You know, I it's mean, it's just been a long time. Yeah, I was going to say seven years isn't just a long time in today's standards. It's a long time in wrestling standards. I mean, even, you know, you think about how long was the Attitude Era in general, you right. know? Uh, and so, I, you know, Justin, I agree. I, I don't know if you'd want to break them up, but it does. I don't know. I just get this feeling. And maybe that's intentional. But with uh, Woods kind of doing things on his own, having some singles matches and, you know, Big E's already broken off and, I don't know. I'd love. I maybe I just love to see it. I'd love to see him. Uh, like I said, that hurt business two, uh, uh, 2.0. But I don't. I don't know. I'd also like to see Kofi versus Lashley. I feel like this is probably the most intriguing part of the night for me. Was was this interaction? That's it, what it, it seemed like. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, no, I was just gonna say if they dismissed and dismantled the original hurt business of Shelton and Cedric and all of them so easily, I just feel like they don't. They basically be Vince don't value a heel group behind Bobby as much as we as fans do. And you're getting ready to go back in front of fans. And one of your most fan friendly live event attractions is the engagement and, and crowd, you know, the crowd involvement that you have with New Day, even if it's just still Kofi and, and Xavier without Big E. I just feel like I would this would be a weird time to to to, you know, to get rid of the New Day. Yeah, and I think it felt like to me like this was building to Kofi and Lashley again. And, you know, we talk about these feuds, these kind of stopgap feuds that they're doing until crowds get back where you just want your top stars in with somebody who's not going to win the title. And I think they're probably going to go with Kofi and Lashley again after uh, after Hell in a Cell, you know, probably at Money in the Bank, and that'll be the show with, with fans back. And uh, And then they go from there to something bigger for SummerSlam. Yeah, that that again. I I like Kofi, so I'd like to see him in that spot. I think they'd have a great match as well. So yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, we see it. Uh, Bryant in the chat says, "Hey guys, I heard that Brock was coming back. How with Paul Heyman is with Roman. Also, what happened to Neville? He had potential. Do you agree? Stay safe, twenty twenty one. Well, Neville's pack in uh, AEW now, so he's uh, he's doing things in AEW, uh, but." Paul Heyman, uh, obviously managing Roman. What do you guys think about uh, old Brock coming back with Heyman at, and Roman? I mean, that that is one of the stories out there that they're wanting to hold off Brock. Um, 
for Roman, for a feud with Roman and not Lashley. And uh, I think it was Dave Meltzer that had reported that there are a lot, there are people in the company that want to wait for that match. And so that would be WrestleMania. And so around then and not, not SummerSlam when SummerSlam, you know, you got Roman Reigns and John Cena is what it looks like the match is going to be. But, um, oh, I think that, you know, that would be the third time they did it at WrestleMania. Is it third or fourth? I want to say fourth. Third. It's the third. They did it 31. Yeah, we're we're Lesnar won. Then Lesnar won again. Seth Seth got it, yeah. Then Lesnar won. And then, so this would be the third. And then they had a SummerSlam main event, too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think I'd like to see Lesnar back at SummerSlam, La- do him against Lashley, and I don't know, I don't know how you get to Roman after that, but I like I said weeks ago, I think you know this year's SummerSlam has to be you have to treat it like Mania, you have to treat it like Mania. The Raw after it has to be treated like the Mania, like that's what you have to do here. And the and the two biggest realistic matches you could have is, is Roman and Cena, Lesnar Lashley. I think you go that route. You can't have Lesnar return and not have Paul Heyman there, but that but Paul Heyman with Lesnar would be a raw thing. Paul Heyman with Roman would be a, a Friday thing. I think you almost on purpose don't speak. You, you don't even acknowledge on WWE TV how Paul is advocating for both. You just let them both be isolated on the shows. Let the fans go. Well, what's going to happen if they both win and like let the fans speculate. And, and, and I, again, I just keep them separate. Again, you have the draft. Keep them separated. Let Paul Heyman pull double duty representing the champions, assuming that they both retain. Let them let him represent. And, yeah, then eventually you get to a push come to shove around Rumble and that mania time where it's like, you know, Roman looks at Paul and goes, hey, Paul, you know, who, who are you more loyal to? And then Brock looks and goes, hey, Paul. Who you? And, like, I mean, that that's... You know, and that's one match, and then you, know, you look at uh, you know, other Mania matches, position, you know, carrying crosses of the world, somebody new in the world title picture. But I think for Mania, or excuse me, for SummerSlam, you got to shoot the biggest shot you can. I think the biggest shot you have for a double main event is Lesnar, Lashley, uh, Reigns, Cena. Yeah, so this is at the new uh, Allegiant Stadium, which is where the Raiders are going to play, the Las Vegas Raiders who had moved there from, from Oakland. So I almost feel like you got to go bigger than WrestleMania because WrestleMania, people are planning that out a year in advance. They're like, okay, you know, we're traveling. You know, People overseas, they're traveling. There's all these other wrestling events that are taking place. It's become wrestling week. You know, it's not just WWE. All the – everyone except for pretty much AEW, you know, they plan – big events around around that time so it's an established week people are used to flying in for that with this it's SummerSlam. it, it doesn't have that history as far as being a, a destination event and being in las vegas the same night as the pacquiao fight and apparently they're going to try to end the show so there's enough time for people to get to the pacquiao fight at 10 so it's not going to be mm. one of those five hour six hour shows they'd have to keep it shorter like three to three and a half hours um so yeah, it, it, it's it is interesting, but I almost feel like you have to have a stronger card just because you don't have that established traveling uh, destination, you know, fan base for it. So bigger than WrestleMania, you think they can get something as big as Crown Jewel that quickly? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mons, Mansoor for the Intercontinental Title. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. But uh, back on the show, we have uh, uh, just to wrap things up with with Kofi and Matt Riddle. They had a great match, and it ends with Riddle trying to uh, emulate the uh, the Viper, who I think Orton was just one line shy of saying sweep the leg at one point, but uh, <laughs> being the coach out there. But uh, a few things, and Justin, I kind of want to ask you about this during the match. Riddle actually saved Orton twice and got kind of beat up for it, whether it be the choke slam or the trouble in paradise. And then he, uh, he also came back into the ring during that rumble or during that battle Royal after he'd been eliminated. Or is this uh, a character beat for Matt Riddle being a little more underhanded? Uh, I don't know if it's a character. This, this is an example because you can go down all the intricacies of what they're doing. You know, Orton used Riddle's finishers and won the week prior. Riddle came up short, like, and the, the the zipping of the mouth. This is an example of when WWE creative, obviously under the ultimate direction of Vince, when they are committed to something and they have an end game. They know the end game. For anybody who doesn't know, when you when you try to book wrestling angles properly, you book the end first, and then you work backwards. That does not happen in most stories any, anymore these days. It, it is that, That's why you get the repetitiveness, because it becomes filler, because we don't know where we're going, so it becomes filler. This feels like they know the end game is this at SummerSlam, and then you know, two months later, three months later, it's going to be this. It's going to be the split. Like, I, you know, I don't even overanalyze this. All I know is that this is this merchandise that's here to stay, and this is an investment. This is X amount of people in the boardroom or in the creative room have been told we're going with this. We like this. Give us the best ideas. They're coming up with the best ideas. The talent's getting to act on it, and we're getting this great result. That's how it used to be with most stories. Vince and crew would sit by the pool. They'd think about where we want to go. They then bring the talent in. Everybody would put their talents uh, in in the pot, and you get this result. You know, we're we're a long way away from that for a lot of stuff, but this is. WWE commitment is Riddle Orton. I love it. I'm not going to overanalyze anything with this because there's a plan, and I'm all here for it. It does seem a little weird that they still look like they're building New Day versus RK Bro, even though it also seems like they're building Kofi and Lashley. So, um, and we'll see. We'll see how they go. But yeah, well, maybe that's the you know. Uh, unlike Justin, I'm going to overanalyze it right now. Do you think Don't that's, overanalyze. that's do you think that's it's a, the, uh... it, it, it's, a, it's a stoner? It's a present <laughs> stoner trying to trying to earn the, the respect of a sensei who's a past stoner. <laughs> but do you think do you think the loss of the new day is what splits up the new day? That's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's what, what why they're going in separate directions. I don't know. But I like, uh, I, hey, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, Jack's in the chat asks uh, if. Uh, Jack Labar, you gonna come out to Vegas for SummerSlam? That's still uh, that's still in the uh, the old workbook of Jack Farmer. I don't know about you, Justin. Well, Jack Farmer can drive to, to Vegas. <laughs> I gotta fly. <laughs> my 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 lazy ass is happy in my man cave uh, <laughs> watching on the big screen. Yeah, I might. I, I might. You guys go got a, a podcast to do. Yeah, I might. <laughs> oh, I'm booked that night. <laughs> <laughs> We're working, uh, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't know. I might, I might try to head out there. Yeah, why not? I mean, come on. That'd be the first big event I'll get to go to in uh, a very long time. 
Uh, speaking of big events, we had a contract signing today, and it almost made it all the way through without it breaking down. Uh, of course, we have uh, Drew McIntyre coming out, reminding us of the of the story of Braveheart, basically, and saying that's why he deserves a bunch of shots at the title. Lashley says he'll give him the shot if this is the last shot. They say it's going to be in Hell in a Cell, and then Drew McIntyre chops the table with a broadsword in the middle of the ring. That caught me off guard. Raj, this is kind of a, a step that I think we're all hoping for at the end of the day, that this is going to be the, uh, <laughs> the last time they have a match. Do you think this step is what makes this match worth it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so ready for this feud to be over. I mean, it's pretty much been going on since uh, February. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think, you know, I still think Drew loses. Uh, maybe Jinder Mahal somehow interferes, gets in, and and then that takes him with Jinder. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. You know, they tried something different. They didn't have the normal pull-apart brawl that they always have with contract signings. I did not like how much time Drew took telling his story. It just felt very forced. It reminded me of when they had Roman Reigns do the stuff with the beanstalk and little Roman climbing the beanstalk. It was like the same thing where it just it it just there's a disconnect it just doesn't feel natural it doesn't it's not cool um so yeah outside of drew's promo i i I did like that it was a little different than how they usually do their contract signings yeah uh justin do you think now this is one that i was thinking i don't know can either of these guys bounce back from a loss at hell in a cell at this point because if drew loses like three in a row three hard losses in a row uh, but Lashley, I don't know what he does if he doesn't have the title anymore. Well, no, but I mean, yeah, not, neither of them with a title is certainly a question mark. I, I think Drew, kind of to what Raj said, I mean, Drew, I think Drew's done with the title picture. You know, maybe he revisits, you know, a year or two. But I think, yeah, put him off with the gender where there's a, a obvious connection there. Uh, I, you know, Bobby's the placeholder. I think Bob at this point, Bobby is going to SummerSlam with it. Uh, you know whether it's brock or whoever i think so it's good to say like okay watch this hell in a cell brutality you know what the payoffs can be in hell in a cell watch this it's the last time you're going to see it regardless of the finish we're not going to give you this match anymore um it it is it's an appealing stipulation because i'm gonna tune in knowing all right we're making our move here we're either committing to bobby for the rest of the summer or we're committing back back to drew and now, for the record, I think it'll be Bobby. Now, Drew said he was going to use every weapon available, and then he pulled out the broadsword. If I don't see that at Hell in a Cell, I'm going to think Drew's a big liar because he's, he's swung it around. You don't swing it around if you're not planning on using it. I don't think he's going to really use it, but it'd be funny. I, I mean, <laughs> we did have zombies eat eat a guy at the last paper. So. <laughs> that is Who knows? <laughs> Anything is possible. Yeah, maybe he will stab him. I don't know. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, Interesting, but um, we also had, uh, speaking of world titles, Charlotte Ripley, Cross, and Oscar all got together. Uh, Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville, who doesn't seem to be on Charlotte's side anymore, they said, let's see if these two can coexist as a tag team before their big night at Hell in a Cell. Nikki Cross picked Oscar as her partner. I think we should call him Team Crosska. I don't know. Probably won't work out, <laughs> but uh kind of played out as you'd expect raj uh if you're in a tag team like this why don't they just attack each other at the beginning if i'm charlotte uh, she clearly doesn't care about winning why does she try in the first place 
Uh, I don't know. For this, this this match, I, I just couldn't get into it. And and the backstage vignettes, I don't know why. It's like Nikki Cross, they're like making her like she's 12 years old now. You know, doing the doing this thing with uh, with the nose and uh, just coming across like she doesn't belong in there and she's just getting lucky and she's hanging out with the big kids. I, I just don't feel like it's it's doing anything. And um, yeah, the stuff with Charlotte and Rhea, I'm just not feeling it. And they're two of the the best women that they have, but th- this feud, I, 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 it's just missing something. Yeah, yeah, Justin, I wanted to ask you about this um, specifically. Now, Cross has now beaten the top two women competitors three weeks in a row. And right now, the women's title is about to be fought over by the two losingest women on the brand. Do you think this has helped Nikki Cross enough in her comeback to make it worth the losses they're hanging on Ripley and Charlotte? No, I mean, they're just they're making Cross's win seem trivial i mean you know even charlotte said in one of the promos like to even you know remove it from the record books to even lose to somebody like nikki cross as if nikki cross (laughs) is like you know a fan or something um (laughs) the one positive i will give to this is that the you you always hear about the stuff in between the moves that that's what makes it like the shenanigans between Rhea and charlotte the taunting that they did do like Rhea had you know, chick up in a vertical suplex and she's waving to Charlotte. And then, you know, Charlotte's going to tag Rhea and it's, it's, it's uh, aggressive chops. And like, there was some good in between stuff that helped, but, but, but I don't, I don't know who the heel and who the face is. I don't, I don't know who I'm supposed to cheer and boo. Like I know Rhea and Charlotte are at odds and I was entertained by the, the, the one upsmanship, but I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to know to cheer for yeah i'm with you on that i don't i mean i guess i think ripley's supposed to because she said she respected cross but other than that line everything she says and does seems kind of like a jerk she doesn't seem like she's likable well they're both booked i mean clearly um nikki cross and and oscar baby faces and yeah yeah, Rhea and charlotte they're both kind of heels so yeah i don't know i i just feel like the stuff with Rhea it hasn't they haven't been really giving her good material, and um, I, I kind of have a feeling we're going to see Charlotte with that title back sooner than later. Yeah, I think she'll so be too. what a fifteen-time champion, fourteen so, if yeah. you count the graph. If if you go by the graphic when she walks out, uh, but I think they're I think they're fudging that a little bit. I think there's, there's some a tag like, title reign in there. Yeah, which but. what? Yeah, they're yeah they're trying to bump that up a little bit, but whatever. It's wrestling. But this was go. Rhea Ripley's first pinfall loss uh, on the main roster since since last year's WrestleMania to Charlotte, I think. I'm surprised they don't just harp on that more and how it, it being Ripley trying to prove herself after failing the first time up on that main roster. It just seems like such an easy layup of a mm-hmm. of a story. But I, I guess whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so speaking of title matches though, Sheamus and was at ringside for Ricochet and Umberto Carrillo going at it for a, uh, a shot at the U S title. And I like this because there were, there were uh, stakes in the match. So the winner mattered, but then they do the double count out, which gives me a sneaky suspicion that we're going to see this next week. Uh, I want to say, though, I thought that uh, Sheamus was the star here. I thought all of this stuff before the match started, I thought his time on the commentary was great. I thought after commentary was great. Uh, 
Justin, we're headed for a three-way, though, aren't we? Probably. Between these three. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I mean, I, you know, we, we've seen some real blood, and that always adds a little bit to it. But, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of where we're headed. I'm not sure who's going to ultimately gain out of all this. but uh... Yeah, I kind of see next week they do, like you said, another match. <laughs> and they probably maybe do a double pin, and Adam Pierce comes out and says, all right, well, you both are getting a title shot, and it's a triple threat, which I believe they've done before. But, um, yeah. Well, hopefully, it's uh, we got two that's weeks. The end of that. We got two weeks, so there'll probably be two more. So there'll probably be a double pin, and then the third match will be what gets them a triple threat somehow. Because only one more episode of Raw before Hell in a Cell after tonight. Oh yeah, good point. I'm yeah, yeah. math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I I have a feeling I have a feeling Sheamus is keeping that title after this, anyways, but. Uh, Steven in the chat asks, bigger match, Bobby versus Brock or Brock versus Roman? Do you think Cross stays undefeated after in your house? Uh, and I'll let uh, Raj take that one. I think Brock versus Roman. Roman's just on another level right now. And I think he's just the biggest star he's been um, since he's been with the company. So I think that versus Brock would be the biggest. And Cross, I kind of get the feeling like, this could be a way to get the title off of him without him taking the pin, you know, by doing this five way. And maybe we see him on the main roster sooner and later. He always seemed like the kind of guy that wouldn't be in NXT long, you know, once Vince, Vince saw him. So, um, I, I can see it just being a way to get the title off of him without him getting beat. See, I disagree. I think Bobby versus Brock is a bigger match because the way Bobby's been positioned in the past, uh, over the past year, and we have not seen it ever. We've seen Brock versus Roman several times, as we outlined earlier. And in all those times, just uh, just by the nature of how the crowd reacted to Roman, there wasn't a clear-cut who's the face, who's the heel. You knew what WWE wanted you to, but, but it wasn't clear-cut, and I was there for them live. Uh, I think Bobby versus Brock, just because it'd be fresh and new, would be there. And then with Cross, I said this when Cross won it back after he came back from injury. Karrion Cross will be NXT champion until he goes to Raw or SmackDown. I could actually believe him having a uh, almost similar Asuka transition to where maybe he doesn't even actually ever get pinned in NXT. He vacates vague something because I just can't. I can't. I can't picture who's going to the way they booked him. In the, you know, it's almost like a Brock situation. They book him to be dominant. They they've let some people have you know get some shine on him. But the way they book him, I have a hard time picturing him getting his shoulders pinned to the mat. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I would say that uh, in my opinion, I, I would say I think the wrestling fans think that Brock versus Bobby is the bigger match. I think if you're looking for the mainstream appeal, as they always talk about, Roman versus Brock is probably the bigger one. But to you guys' point about Karrion Cross, I think that. If he ret- if he retains, he's keeping it till he gets called up somewhere else. If he loses it, then he's probably getting called up very soon. The one thing I feel like they really need to do in NXT is just reshuffle that deck at the top because the guys involved in this match, you take Karrion Cross out, they've just been NXT forever, and mm-hmm. you know, I granted all the wrestling numbers <clears throat> are down, but NXT their their eighteen to forty nine demo numbers are scary down. I think you just need to you need to really infuse some new talent, you know, at the top. 
Well, something that uh, a NXT has always kind of been lucky about is because people get called up, it's always fresh and they're always bringing new people into the scene. Right. And we're now because so many guys are staying in NXT. You're right. It is getting kind of stale. I think everyone in this, a lot of these guys in this match have had title shots a bunch of times. And but, but that could be a big boost for NXT if Cross is still the NXT World Champion and he shows up on Raw the you know two nights after SummerSlam. And he's kind of pulled some double duty for a little bit. That could be, you know, that that's some extra eyeballs that are on Monday Night Raw. Let's see this this amazing entrance and this guy that looks like a badass with this very pretty but psycho, you know, chick and <laughs> right. Scarlet on his side. Like, th- th- there's a lot to unpack there. If you've never seen him or her, and oh, he's the NXT. Cha- okay, oh, NXT is free for me to watch on Tuesday. Like. I feel like there would be a reason to let him pull some double duty for a time. Um, again, with the draft being that such that maybe he gets drafted to a brand like a Raw, but he still has an NXT title, so he still has to, you know, honor that title and appear on on NXT. Yeah, and that could be a little tricky by then, though, because they'll be you know touring again, and NXT is staying uh, staying where they're staying for a while, so. It'd be having to go back and forth from wherever they do TV. With SmackDown, it's not as bad. You got more of a more time, but um, yeah, I mean, it would be kind of the opposite of what they did with Charlotte last year because last year was the other way, where the the main roster person beat the NXT person for the title and was going back and forth, and that didn't really that didn't affect numbers. But yeah, I could see Cross being more of a of an attraction. Bottom line, there's nobody in NXT right now that I buy pinning Karen Cross. So. Yeah, at least not not one on one, not straight up. Um, but uh, we had Elias come out, and they made him back to what made him great in the first place, just being a beautiful songbird, letting us know that <laughs> Riker is a maniac, and that Elias saw the ghosts of battle in Riker. And I thought, in a way, he actually made Riker seem cooler than he's ever seen before, saying stuff like that. Um, but uh, Riker came out, new look, cut the hair, trimmed the beard. Um, Personally, for me, I think this is a great hour one main event kind of rivalry between the two. Uh, Raj, are you digging this so far? These two guys going at it. I mean, it's there. It's something. It gives them something to do. I mean, Riker won this week, but Elias just walked out in his count out. So clearly, this is going to go on for weeks and weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Best of seven. I, I, I mean, I don't care about it, but yeah, probably a best <laughs> of seven without calling it a best of seven. Yeah. I, eh, you know, it's it's... It's there. Uh, Justin, uh, do you think uh, with the makeover for Riker, do you think he has legs to be a successful singles guy? I think they have plans for him to be. Yeah. You know, he, he has a look. He does. Um, I try not to get drowned into the controversy of, of political statements and what he's made headlines for, uh, you know, because he still is employed and they still, again, they have plan. They, they seem to have some investment. They, they, to have used him to the point they have up to this point. Um, so we'll see. This, this was a huge example of like, God, you know, they just split. In the old days, we would have built a couple of weeks until we got this at a pay-per-view or something. And now, they, like, we, like we just joked, now this is the first of a best of seven, best of nine. Mm. Um, but I do, I do think there's internal plans to try to, they're taking the temperature to see if, Jackson Riker, who's very well traveled, he's he's been a lot of other places before. I think this is their test to see can he live up to our expectations, and I, I think they do have a plan for. Him. I don't know whether you know 
face heel what it's going to come out to be, but I think they do plan on trying to use him for the long term. Yeah, as a face, it just seems odd. And clearly he's positioned as the baby face here, but he just doesn't have that... I don't think he has that natural baby face likability to him. Uh, no, he yeah. no he he looks you no know, he looks like the heel that is mm-hmm. picking on every Tom Dick and Harry at a bar. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looks terrifying. So <laughs> I like that makes me think that I shouldn't be cheering for him. But uh, is he? I, this I, I don't know if I remember how he's is on the microphone. Do you guys know offhand if he's pretty good on a mic? I mean, I guess maybe not if they don't give him the mic very often. But no. Uh, I mean, in TNA when he was Gunner, um, and, and no, oh. uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, this isn't something I think would ever sell a pay per view in the main event. But for like like I said, hour one, just kind of a silly rivalry. I'm digging it for now. But again, we'll yeah. see after I see five of these matches. <laughs> no, you're right, Jack. For you know, we've said tonight's Raw had some fresh matches. This is the first match we've seen between the two. So yeah, to anchor an hour. The f- yeah. It was like, okay, yeah, something new. Huzzah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we're now we're going to get it for the next six weeks. <laughs> right. But, but to Justin's point, that, do a promo this week and, you know, do an angle, uh, do something backstage, further the storyline before you get to that first match. They just. They just go straight to the match, and and the match is kind of the start of the, of the feud, and then it's, they just trade wins or, uh, you, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, as opposed to building a story. Right. Well, something that has been building up quite the story, Evolution coming next Monday. Are you guys ready, Justin? I know you are pumped about seeing Eva Marie back next Monday. I'm kind of sad because they've been stringing me along all these weeks. Not all they've been saying is coming soon. Now they give me a destination and a date. I'm going to be at a lake at a lake cabin next week. I'm not going to be watching a raw. I'm not going to be doing this podcast with you guys. So I'm going to miss out on the evolution next week <laughs> live. You heard it here first. Justin's bummed out. He's going to be at a lake instead of watching raw next week. Uh, Raj, no, are you <laughs> instead of watching Eva, instead of watching Eva, <laughs> uh, Raj, how are you feeling about the big debut? Yeah. I mean, the, the reports right now are, is that she's going to be bringing in, um, t- either Piper Piper Niven, who's a NXT UK superstar, oh. or Mercedes Martinez. And it, it looks like it's going to be Piper. Um, oh. So, yeah, it looks like she's going to be coming in kind of as a manager initially. She has said that she is going to be wrestling. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I, we'll see how that pairing works. And, you know, the presentation and everything. I could see her... You know, I said if she won Money in the Bank, the internet would just go nuts. They'd go crazy. You know, just ton, you know, threatening to cancel Peacock and Wrestling Inc. would <laughs> crash. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I say we go for so, it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Piper Niven. That's an inter- I, That is an interesting one. Yeah, she, over on NXT, she was making hay for a little bit there, but uh, she hasn't been off TV for a while, so that makes sense. Uh, speaking of off TV, Jeff Hardy made a comeback today in a fun match against Cedric. Got what I thought was a surprise win. I figured Cedric had this one because he's been in matches and winning, but no, Ross surprises us every now and again. Jeff Hardy gets the win. Justin, I felt like I like Jeff Hardy, but I felt like what the heck was all this stuff with Shelton Benjamin for if Cedric's just going to lose to a returning Jeff Hardy? Is there something to, to pull from this or, uh, 
am I was I foolish to believe in Cedric Alexander? None of it makes sense. <laughs> I don't, none of it makes sense. I, I can't. I can't even attempt to offer any fake analysis to this because it's it's just none of it makes sense. Yeah, if you're pushing Cedric, you know what? Well, look, Jeff Hardy hasn't won a singles match on Raw since January, and even before that, you you go back to last summer. The, the only guy he's really defeated was Elias on Raw. Um, so I'm all for him getting some wins, but haven't beat someone that they're not doing anything with just to give him a win. Cedric, you know, he has been in this storyline. He got a couple wins and then to just beat him, just kind of, it just brings him back down. And this has always been a, a problem that WWE has had of people not getting elevated. And this is kind of, you know, uh, you see it right here, but you know, I mean, we probably, we know where this is headed. I'm sure they're going to do a rematch next week. Cedric wins. And then they do another one. So, yeah, yeah I was, this was one of the things that really grinded my gears this week because I was thinking this would be a perfect, like, yeah, if he beats Jeff, that's perfectly continuing his, I'm the young guy, these are the old guys, and I'm right. beating them, and I'm better than them. But to your point, Raj, that's probably what's going to happen, which is disappointing. But um, we also had uh, a young guy this week, and it was uh, Mansoor coming out to face Gulak. I thought it was funny. Uh, Ali was talking to him backstage saying he's not ready when Mansoor had a 49-match win streak and won <laughs> Rumbles, and here Ali is like, you don't know. You're not ready. <laughs> like I think, if anything, Mansoor should be talking to Ali when it comes to that department. But uh, they had a match. Mansoor gets the win. Uh, Gulak proving that, hey, if you're willing to take a rose uh, on, in the in the behind, you get TV time while Garza's thinking, maybe I should have been on the other end of that, I think. Uh, any thoughts on this match? Or I think we'll get another 48 in a row from Mansoor, from either I, of you? I, I, I wonder if this is leading to an Ali-Mansoor feud or Ali kind of being his mentor or if they don't even know yet. Um, I'm going to go with they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Mansoor, I feel like he needs to grow his hair out or something. He like he had it before. He just feels I don't know, there's he, there's a star quality there that's lacking that I saw before. So, um yeah, I mean to your point, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to Angel Garza, but this match, I mean it was it was fine. It was it, it was it was there. I, hate, I don't want to use yeah. that too many times, but yeah, I I, I lump Mansoor, Ali, Carrillo, Garza. I just, I just lumped them all in this bullpen. Ricochet. Ricochet. They're in this bullpen of, they're all athletic, mm-hmm. and, and and all and by all accounts from whatever I've heard, you know, just professionals willing, they're willing to do whatever is asked of them, <laughs> but they just. There's just there's no there's no there's no identity there's no matter, right? Well, it's hard to get to when you don't get the consistently on TV situations, and when you are on, you get you usually look bad. So uh, I don't know what's going on with this. I I would imagine it's leading to Ali versus Mansoor, but maybe yeah, maybe tag team. Maybe Ali's like, hey, make me the MVP for this guy and be a manager. I don't know. I, I'm sure at this point he's just trying to find a way to get on on raw instead I think of that, uh, i think the manager would work better for them because to me them wrestling each other seems like they might have one match and then they're on main event 
you know, yeah. like, something like that. So at least as a manager, I could see them trying to do more in that, that area. Ollie, he does good stuff when he's on the microphone. He does good stuff when he cuts yeah. promos. So I, I hope they give him the shot more. Cause every time I see stuff, it seems like I have to see it on Twitter to ever see it, but he, uh, it always is interesting. It's always good. I wish I that. I wish with Ali they would actually play more into his like his actual history. He's like from Chicago. He's a former cop. Like you know, like he you know he's very outspoken about. He's Mustafa Ali. He doesn't, but he doesn't want to play the don't don't bill me as a Middle Eastern. You know, yeah, heel. heel. Yeah, like like I think there's a lot to be said about that, and you know that he's a. I don't know. I just like dive into that. I think there's probably a lot to 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 play on that but i don't but they but again they aka events i just it, your cast is what's your cast and that's that yeah yeah well someone who got cast in a role of a lifetime this week is Shayna baszler uh going up against alexa bliss and you know, a lot of stuff happened here, and well, I'll not leave... going up against, but going on the uh, what's it called, uh, Alexis Play Play Playhouse on, on the going, yeah, going to the Playhouse. I, I I'll, I'll leave it open ended to you guys. I'll let you guys speak to it. But I know whenever I see this, I I just I want to see Shayna Baszler just beat the brakes off Alexa, Alexa Bliss at this point. Uh, I it doesn't look like I'm going to get it because she looks like she's now playing the role of the scared person, which. I hate when they make the tough person play the scared person, but I, I want to see Baszler just be like, this magic stuff doesn't bother me. I'm going to beat you up, and I'm not scared of all this shenanigans stuff. But, uh, Justin, I'll let you you roll with it first. I know that you're a huge fan of everything Alexa Bliss right now, so uh, take it away. I usually defend the magic, but <laughs> here's the problem. <laughs> like... Shayna Baszler does not look comfortable doing this. No. She look I mean she's a legit tough woman, right? MMA mm-hmm. background. She doesn't look like she's this feels like the 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 office is testing her. Can we get her out of her comfort zone? Can we, can she discover a new gear that she hasn't shown us? That's what this feels like. She does not look comfortable. This like Shayna Baszler is a badass chick who can f- fight for real or she can put on a pro wrestling match, but like her range of facial expressions are like they're kind of tight. If you're not watching the video version of this podcast, you just missed out. Like, right. They're kind of tight. <laughs> there ain't a lot of range. Yeah. And so yeah. now you're going to have her going, it's just a doll. It's just a doll. It's just a doll. I, I this, this feels, I, I like the magic, but this feels forced. And, and, and um, but I will say this too: WWE is going to miss this going back to the road. Being in the close set of the Thunderdome, this whole ending obviously is all pre-taped. They can, you know, move cameras in the ring to get a shot of uh, Shayna, you know, stomping on the, the doll or shooting up. You know, all, all things they can't produce uh, efficiently live. They are going to miss that. That's been one thing I think that, for better or worse, of the storyline quality they've took good use of is, oh, hey, we have a close set. Let's let's add some more production value and do some more multiple takes, multiple angles for these things. So get get I guess they're getting them out of their system while they can. Yeah, I mean Shayna is good at basically playing herself, which is a tough, badass, um, you know, former UFC fighter. 
And when she has to talk about this is a stupid doll, it it just you could tell to your point, Justin. You could tell she's not comfortable. The dialogue doesn't fit her. She sounds like she doesn't know how to you know do those lines, and it just comes across as badly acted D level horror. Um, like I mean, even bad horror movies I see have better acting and 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 special effects than this, and so. Why are you trying to do something that looks like low rent horror than, you know, something intriguing or compelling? I, I thought, I mean, you guys know what I think. I, I thought this was absolutely the cheesiest, corniest crap I've seen <laughs> since their last segment. Um, so I, I was really hoping that Shayna was going to pull the, the doll's head off and then the, the little Alexa's fun house just explodes and we're done with it. And they just dropped the angle. And it's just regular Alexa feuding with Shayna Baszler for killing her doll. That, that would have been better for me. But the explosions and her running out and backstage, no one's there and stuff falling all over. It, it was just so corny. When was the last time that regular Alexa took a bump? You know, I mean, I, it's, yeah. I mean, like Royal Rumble, she was thrown out, if that counts. I, yeah, I don't know. I can't even remember. I mean, and as far as this like scared stuff, the thing that drives me nuts about it is it seems like they always pick like it was Oscar that was being the one that was scared of Alexa before, and then now it's Shayna Baszler. And it's like you take your person that's supposed to be unstoppable and make them scared. If this was, it's like if it was the guys doing this, it'd be like let's make Drew McIntyre terrified of the doll or something. And you're like, no, you'd never do that. Like, Shayna Baszler is supposed to be the one that's like the one that stands up to him is like, this is silly. I'm not scared. If this was Nikki cross scared of the doll and it was like a, you know, beginning of hour three or something. I'm like, okay, that's one thing. But I, Shayna Baszler is supposed to be your person, almost like a Samoa Joe, like nothing gets to her. Nothing bothers her. She's just going to wreck people. And now I see her as the one that's scared of a doll. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, um, you're right. It just, it just doesn't, Shayna, ba- it just—I don't buy Shayna Baszler being freaked out. Lights are flickering, and she's barricading herself behind <laughs> doors. And her screaming because it was, she was just screaming because the doll was in the room. Is it in the mirror? But yeah, but, but then wasn't there? That was very Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan ish. It was—it just gave me flashbacks to that. Oh no! In WCW. <laughs> yeah, they. I felt like because I was a huge fan of Shayna Baszler in NXT. I thought she was. Because, you know, and Justin, to your point, like she didn't need to cut these amazing promos or anything. She's like, look, I'm no one can beat me. So deal with it. And it was great because she was unbeatable. But here I don't. Well, and, that, and that's yeah. the that's the unfortunate difference of of settings and NXT. You can get by being that you get to Raw or SmackDown under the expectations. you got to be you got again. This is like a test. you got to be able to do these things. Even Orton. You know, Orton's one of the greatest bell-to-bell performers in this generation. He's accomplished a ton. But Orton, even when he can be this sadistic, you know, viper kicking people's head off, terrorizing people's wives at their houses, Orton has still had to prove, even with all that, that he can do Bray Wyatt shenanigans or that he can do, you know comedy uh, that he is with Riddle. And and, and to his credit, I think he's always pulled it off pretty well. But it's like when you're on Raw or SmackDown, 
no matter how good or athletic you are or whatever you did prior, UFC or otherwise, you still have to prove can you do the entertainment, the entertainment aspect of this, even if it's stupid, ridiculous, silly entertainment. Like, that's what they need to see that you can do in order to feel valuable to them. But, but even that to that point, I, I don't remember when Randy Orton was feuding with The Fiend. He never like screamed in a room, you know, well, no, he was no, still well, like, I'm going to I'm going to mess you up. I mean, yeah, he, no, no. Orton yeah. handled it better and it was written better. The, the stuff was this stuff was Shana just Shane. Shana just looks uncomfortable. You can just watch yeah. it and it, it, she just looks uncomfortable. This is going to do her no favors. This whole angle It was like when I, I, I'm sure Oscar was just pleased as pie as soon as she could get away from that Alexa Bliss feud because those matches just made her look like a goof. And, um, yeah, I, I just feel like it's kind of like how The Fiend kind of buried Seth Rollins and was kind of like a, uh, just killing baby faces left and right uh, as far as their career tra- trajectory. Uh, that's kind of where Alexa is right now. Um, but uh, Jax in the chat says, much love, gotta get kiddo uh, to... Ben, my super chat is full support for the Wrestling Inc. fam. I'm thinking you, he's saying, got to get kiddo to bed. Got to get uh, kiddo to bed. Yeah. Um, so uh, that does it for Raw. That does it for us. Any, I got to uh, get to bed. <laughs> uh, any any final thoughts before we uh, sign off, fellas? This this month cannot. It's funny because I love summer, so I don't want it to end because it's been we've been cooped up for so long. But from a wrestling, uh, from a wrestling point of view, I cannot wait for June wrestling to be done. Just with yeah. you know back, being back to crowds and 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 all of that. And, and right now everything's in a holding pattern. Uh, this month is going to be a tough one <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. if you're a fan. I, I mean AEW they do have some big stuff lined up so. This week, they're on Friday again. After this week, then they're on Saturdays for the next two weeks. I'm not sure what the next week after that is, but I believe the week after, they're back to Wednesday nights, and that's when they're back to crowds. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Hunter says, It's so boring to me. Alexa is doing all magic and no wrestling. At least the Fiend attacks people. Good night, guys. That's always my thing. Make it wrestle. As long as you're re- like. The Undertaker always was in the ring. That was my thing. Like, at least it came down to him beating people up in the ring and not just laughing on a swing set. Um, but uh, it's painful. Yeah. It's I mean it's it's embarrassingly painful. I would not if it would be like if if I had friends come over, it would be like I was watching porn where I would have to like quickly switch the channel you know? <laughs> because you don't want to be caught watching that. It's uh, it's really bad. Uh, well. <laughs> Well, I think that does it for us. We have uh, the NXT I after show. I can't top that. Yeah. <laughs> NXT after show tomorrow night, and then uh, the SmackDown after show on Friday. Uh, Raj, is there going to be an AEW after show? I'm not sure about that yet uh, this week. And, yeah, just the schedule's all screwy, especially with them going to Saturdays starting starting next week. So, and there is a pay-per-view this weekend on Sunday. So we, we do have that uh, post in your house uh, podcast as well. So make sure to tune into that and make sure to tune into check out wrestlinginc.com for all of your wrestling news. Tons of stuff going up there all the time. Also follow Wrestling Inc. on Twitter. Uh, that does it for us, though. For Raj, for Justin, I'm Jack. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you uh, NXT after show tomorrow. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.